Hello, we are live on location for a new episode of Tao Light Talk, live from Orlando. This is Casey. This is Chris. Hi. Hey, guys. <laughs> we got a lot of news to cover uh, this week. Sorry if you've been going to don'tforgettotal.com this week. We've been on vacation, <laughs> quite honestly. We've been updating some things on the sh- uh, social media, um, but... The news has been a little lacking, but we're going to make up for it today uh, in this edition of the podcast. Um, So, you know, your normal geeky news, and it's also the day that we're recording it, the first day of Star Wars Celebration Orlando. So we will be talking um, a little bit about a couple of the panels that we went to, um, and then stay tuned for an additional episode coming up uh, with Gourmet Scum. Uh, Chris, Chris from Gourmet Scum. So, crossover. Um, you know, another towel light scum where we we are going to go more in depth about everything uh, as far as celebration goes. But this one, just kind of our initial thoughts. But first things first, let's get into some of the news that's uh, broken the last couple days. <clears throat> um, Josh Brolin announced his cable in Deadpool two. What do you think? We've been talking about. We've been speculating for weeks. He was never on the list, though. No, I wouldn't even. Well, I mean, with him being, you wouldn't have thought about it. Yeah. Why? Why would you even think about it? I mean, I didn't believe the the social media post you put up. I was, I questioned. I asked Chris. I said, "Is this real?" And he's like, "Yeah, that's real." So, I I I actually think it's pretty awesome. I mean, Josh Brolin. Like as soon as I read it, I go. Well, yeah, that's cable. <laughs> it's not even a thought about it. It's just the fact that because he's going to be Thanos, I mean, in mocap, I mean, mm-hmm. he is Thanos. Um, I didn't I didn't think that way, but, you know, like Chris Evans was Johnny Storm and Captain America. We've had, um, who else did we have? Green Lantern, I guess. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, Green Lantern. But even still in Marvel, I want to say that there was another double dip in a way but regardless um you know that deadpool movie is going to be fucking awesome hopefully i mean everything that we've heard about it sounds really great just the enthusiasm behind it from everybody sounds really fun so i'm excited um to see what josh brolin will bring to the table as cable and uh definitely will be a cool playoff of ryan reynolds you know perpetual jokester so Good casting from Fox uh, this time. Approved. I guess there's no contract then, you know, as far as, like, you can't play for this other team. Yeah, guess not. Yeah. Or Josh Rowland just doesn't give a damn. That's also true. Um, In the animated realm, uh, we have our first uh, casting for the... Spider-Man animated movie, which I believe is still attached to Lord and Miller to direct. I just know that they're um, solo deep in the Han Solo <laughs> spinoff movie, but... Hands deep. Hands deep. Um, Sony is still going ahead with that, supposedly next year. And we have our first uh, news that Miles Morales will be uh, voiced by Shamik Moore. Um, he's from Dope, and he's also in The Get Down. Um, he's a really good actor, and he does have a younger sounding voice, so that will work for Miles. Um, and then the unnamed villain will be played by uh, Leap Shriver, uh, or Double Dippin'. 
<laughs> saber tooth. <laughs> There's one right there. Saber tooth for Fox, and now whatever the hell he's gonna be for uh, this movie. Marvel just you know keeps their uh, keeps those actors in having work. That's it. Any thoughts as to who you think the villain's gonna be in this uh, animated Spider-Man movie? I I don't. Does does Miles Morales Spider-Man have a like a antagonist that is? I think he has all of Spider-Man's villains. I'll be honest with you. I've never read one Miles Morales comic, which is insane because I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. But especially it has never being, done it. Right, especially with you being a big Ultimate Spider-Man fan too. He just never made that. Yeah, but he died, and then it was like, eh. it, right? yeah, yeah. I mean. This this character is super popular. He made he made the jump after they eliminated the Ultimate Universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, fan favorite. He's 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 just he's going strong in the comics now. So you know I I really I don't know who they're gonna you know pull out of left field for this one. Maybe it'll be Craven, perhaps Stereo. I don't care. I'm excited yeah. because it's a new Spider-Man movie. Even if it's animated, I actually. I'm happy that it's animated. They did such a kick-ass job with the Lego movie. Um, they've gotten work on Clone High, which is one of my favorite TV shows, um, which most people have never seen. But um, they know how to do it. They've got the right kind of humor. So we'll see. Um, next up, Thor trailer dropped. Thor Ragnarok trailer dropped. Chris, just give me your initial thoughts. My initial thoughts was to try to get you to watch it as soon as possible. Uh, it was, it was just bonkers. It's like after the first two Thor movies, and just like I, I like those Thor movies, but they're just not they're the least. The, yeah, they're, they're, the least good. They're the I bottom guess. of the barrel of of Marvel Studios movies, which is still good. It's just that you know when you hold them up to, you know. An Avengers or even an Ant Man, it's just not the same, in my opinion. I just don't think they really explored the depths of what the Thor character could be for the, for any of these kind of movies. And then when you when you release a movie like Guardians and you you put like the yeah, Guardians in this cosmic scale, uh, yeah, why not go batshit crazy with third movie after everybody was like, kind of uh, these Thor movies are just not really doing it for me. Well. This trailer alone does it for me. I mean, it's it's insane. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, to me, I it screamed Guardians of the Galaxy, and Taika Watiti. I know he's a big comedy fan. Um, what we do in the shadows is hilarious. I guess uh, the hunt for wilder people is supposed to be really funny too. I haven't seen that one, but you know he's he's does have a good sense of humor um and that humor definitely came across in the trailer and just the color palette though was very much like guardians seeing aliens was very much like guardians you know what i mean like it was and it's fine i have no complaints about it but that was my big takeaway honestly it is uh but it's also it's put on that cosmic scale You know, he it, if they're trying to kind of do that Planet Scar thing with uh, Planet Hulk and, and things like that, I mean, it it it's cool. It, and with the Grandmaster being in it, being yeah. the brother of the Collector, it just it it takes the Thor, it takes Thor, puts him out of the normal element of either Asgard. I mean, Asgard in that is still awesome. I mean, it's like when Hela like <laughs> goes to war against them. And Hela was. The best. Oh, I mean, I Kate Blanchett's my favorite actress, probably of all time, and 
uh, you know, I'm just falling in love with her more <laughs> for this movie. Yeah. And then when I mean when the Hulk shows up, it's huh. it's just huh. it's just it. You're huh. just waiting for that to happen the entire time, and it, it just blows your mind when it does happen. So I mean, and Valkyrie looked cool. Tessa Thompson yeah. from uh, uh, Westworld, Westworld yep. but she's also in. Creed, maybe? I can't remember. She's in something else and she does good. Maybe yeah, she's, she's in Dope. I can't remember. She's a good actress, though. Yeah, it's it's interesting having Valkyrie work with the, the Grandmaster, right? That was curious. I was like, I thought she was a good guy. She is. She's, she's one of the Furies. She's, so, yeah. She's we'll an Asgardian badass. Yeah. Uh, Loki wearing his uh, Agent of Asgard. That was cool. Yeah, Loki got a little... little you could tell that he was going to do some kicking ass as well. Uh, I mean, I just got a, I got a whole big Kirby vibe out of that trailer. Yeah. And it was just, uh, yeah. it was magical. So I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm, yeah. I can't wait till November. Um, last week, uh, it's a little bit older, but last week we got uh, Defenders, Tease, um, <laughs> all elevator. four of them in an elevator breaking the uh, security camera to reveal the, the release date of 8-18. Um... Danny Rand being mopey. <laughs> I just... It's weird. He's got a... He's got some... He's got to make up for me a bit. No offense to uh, Finn, Finn Jones, the actor. I don't necessarily think he's a bad actor at all, but just... They got to make that character into what he needs to be. And I know they didn't want to put him in the outfit for the show... I really do hope he gets towards that outfit because it's kind of annoying that he's not in it. <laughs> it's a really weird placement too because at the end, you know, spoiler at the end of the season, they're going to Kunlun and like they're there. So I mean, what happens between then and then? Like, how far in advance is Defenders? Well, that's another good question. Yeah, I don't know how far in the future it is because the like Defenders is supposed to really address that big hole in the ground in Daredevil season two. Right, um, and we're really working towards how the hand is like a big, a big you know opponent in in, in, this, in this part of the Marvel universe that they're building, and uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah, he's just like he's just like walking around the elevator, hanging out. It's just like <clears throat> he's like the kid of the group when you don't want him to be the kid of the group. You know, I I don't know. I mean. I like Iron Fist and I don't like it. The more I think about that show, I don't like it as much. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, yeah, I had to... I was like, okay, this is fine. Mm-hmm. And then the more we talk about it, the more I I think about how much I really like the character. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I go, this just isn't... It's just, it really isn't what I wanted it to be. No. Um, but the Defenders, with all of them together, I'm excited. I think that... If it were me, and I obviously am not running Marvel Studios or Marvel TV, I would have done Iron Fist 8 episodes, The Defenders 13 episodes, because all of them together, to me, seems like the time to spend more. Like, how do they all come together? Is it all going to be in the end of the first episode? Like, I would have spent some more time with these characters, and then at the halfway mark, they come together, and then they go and fight the hand, but... I don't fucking run a studio, so that's just me. It's too bad. But, I know. But it's still, uh, I'm still excited to see it. Um, keeping along with the, uh, the street-level Marvel characters, we got our first look at, well, not our first real look, because we did see him as a, a scruffy old homeless guy 
our first look at Frank Castle in full Punisher regalia uh, for the Punisher TV show. Um, earlier in the week, we did see the poster, which was bullet-strewn and awesome. Also, Chris and I got a uh, Punisher Mezco previews exclusive. You can watch my unboxing video on the Don't Forget a Towel YouTube page, but uh, John Bernthal looks like Frank Castle. I mean, he already did in Daredevil Season 2, but even more so, he's got the full uh, skull on, and he just looks pissed, and he probably killed some people while he... <laughs> in the pictures that we saw. Yeah, I... I don't have anything much to say about it except I I can't wait for this show to come out and and just, like blow my eyeballs out. You know, it's it's yeah. I want you to not be able to see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, stuff. All right, moving on from Marvel, we go to DC. Couple uh, little nuggets here. Dolph Lundgren is getting put into Aquaman. Um, not to confuse DC fans anymore. Not to, right, yeah, he's already, uh, what's his name, Col- Coleslaw, I don't know, I can't remember his name, he's in Arrow, it's not Coleslaw, um, but he's doing good on Arrow, I like yeah. his character on Arrow. I mean, he plays a he plays a major DC villain, I mean, he's, he's a Teen Titans villain, or he's a Teen Titans character, actually, so he's not a true villain in the comics, from what I remember, um, but, yeah, I... You know, Arrow's been really good this season. Uh, it's been my favorite show this season. Yeah, I mean, actually, it's, it's it's amazing the coming full circle with a lot of these things. And I, you know, to include him in Aquaman is cool, but at the same time, maybe, I mean, maybe it's the CGI, you know, CG role, um, you know, I, mo- mocap or whatever. But I, at the same time, I just I I find it kind of weird. At the same time, I. What do you think? I think there's too many characters in this Aquaman movie. It's like you got Willem Dafoe, you got, um, I cannot, I won't even be able to pronounce the guy's name, but the guy also from the Get Down, who's going to be um, oh, Black Manta. Black Manta. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You got Mira, you got who? Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman. And I know like they're going to be playing some, well, Nicole Kidman will probably be playing a smaller role. Maybe She's maybe. Queen. Right. She well, I don't know if that means she has a big role or she has a small no, role. No, she's like a background character. But um, regardless, you know, Dolph Lundgren, most of the time you're going to think about him as being a villain. Do we need another villain on top of Black Manta? And oh, oh, and Patrick Wilson is going to be his Ocean brother, Master. who's yeah. also a villain. Well, I mean, Ocean Master doesn't have to be immediately. Uh, he could be a background villain, he, kind of pulling strings. I Yes. Yes, but it's just like, you know, don't get me wrong. I do want to see this Aquaman movie. I do trust James Wan and almost everything he does. And I think Jason Momoa looks like he's doing a really fun job with it based off of the footage that we've seen from Justice League. So I'm okay with that. I'm just overall just sharing my thoughts that yeah. it seems like a lot's going on in this uh I get you. In this I mean, Aquaman. At the same time, Dolph Lundgren could be like a bodyguard. Um... For Jason Momoa, that's a good one. No, a villain. He could be like a ruffian. Oh, yeah, but then why put him in then, you know? I don't know, we're speculating. We are, but I mean, Ocean Master doesn't have to be the the main, like, he doesn't have to be a villain until the next movie. He could be the jealous brother who's just an asshole and then betrays him at the end. Speaking of betrayal, (laughs) 
DC's going to be putting out a Watchmen R-rated animated movie. In case the four-hour Ultimate Edition wasn't enough for you, that includes the Black Freighter uh, animated part. Um, and and the uh, the newsstand. Right. You need a whole that you need. You don't movie. Need. You do and you don't. But. Don't know how long it would be. I can't imagine it being short. Hey, Zack Snyder, just... To let you know your version wasn't good enough, apparently. Yeah. And I'm sorry, like, it was. I love that book, but that movie... Well, sorry, I love the book. I also love the movie. Yeah. I don't need to see it in animated form. No. <laughs> I know they want to do more R-rated movies because they have, they've had success from The Killing Joke, and they've had success from um, uh, Justice League Dark. Yes. And I get it, but at the same time... Just do another fucking movie. Just do just do something else. Do Justice League Dark 2. I don't care. Well, I mean, alright, let's look at it this way. I mean, Teen Titans... Do Jewish a Swapping Con- movie. Right, but listen, Teen Titans Jewish Contract is coming out. It's supposed to be amazing. Is it R? No, it's like BG-13. Okay. But it's supposed to be amazing. Um, they have the Batman Harley Quinn movie, which is obviously a homage to the Batman Man the series. Right, well, it's- isn't it... Uh, Tara Strong in the voice. She's not. This chick from uh, The Big Bang Theory is actually the voice. Okay. Oh, yeah. So that also came out. We didn't write that down. Um, you keep going. Is it Penny? No, not Penny. No, no, no. It's the hot one. The, um, yeah, I'll keep going. Um, so, I mean, what they could do with Watchmen, they could do before Watchmen. Like an animated... like animated. Oh, films. yeah. You should do that. You know, it's like... Uh, you're about to like break the Watchmen loose into the DC universe. Anyhow, do the stories that actually are 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 actually you know tied into that. Yeah. Because like the Doctor Manhattan miniseries from that is supposedly supposed to Melissa Rauch, connect to it. Yes. Who's Bernadette? Yeah, Bernadette. Oh. Yeah, my gosh. Um. So she's doing the voice. Yep. Oh, pardon. Yeah, I. You know, it's it's a dumb. It's just dumb. I'm sorry. You just you don't need it. Um, I don't know, but I mean, it depends on which direction they go with it. <laughs> what direction would they go with it? I don't know. Maybe, maybe like a rebirth thing. Who knows? Mm. I doubt it. They're not that smart. All right, let's move on from this. Uh, Transformers dropped a new trailer for the fifth movie directed by Michael Bay for some goddamn reason. Um, the last night. I won't complain. Woody, I just I want Michael Bay to do something else. Yeah, I, I love, love Michael that Bay. Too. That's mean, that's all I'm saying. But if he's gonna do this, like if he's gonna do one more Transformers movie, then make it amazing. Like this movie looks pretty damn insane. Yeah. So the new movie, you, I mean, it's called The Last Night. So we're, you know, we've heard all this King Arthur stuff. This one was just like Transformers in King Arthur times, like with the Knights of the Round Table. They were Knights of the Round Table. Plus Optimus <laughs> chopping heads off. Like, it was just insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Watch that trailer. It looks fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it I, it would be a good send-off for Michael Bay. Um, yeah, if it is. You know, we, we've not seen Rodimus Prime. Who? The... The... the Rodimus Prime was the... Remember the Transformers, the movie? Yeah. The... Unicron? No, no, no. The Transformer who takes over for uh, Optimus after he dies. 
Oh, Rodimus is supposed to be in this movie. Is his name Rodimus? I don't he know. Became, he becomes Rodimus Prime, but yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure we're going to see... He was like the, one of the first concept things we... We actually put a... I, I did an article on it. Really? When they first released a concept art for the movie. Or concept characters. We're definitely going to see Unicron. Oh, yeah. He's all over that fucking trailer. Um, <laughs> whoever's going to be in it, it looks really good. Um, They'll kill off Optimus Prime then. Rodimus is coming it. in. Maybe. I don't know. They wanted... So Michael Bay also announced that they're going to do like 19 more Transformers movies, but... We knew that already. Um, last year, there was a writer's room. I think there was about five writers, including Robert Kirkman, um, who got asked to do it. Some other people who have now been... I think one of them was like the writers of Wonder Woman. Like I, They got people from all over the place. like Some of the best writers in the industry to come in and flesh out a shared universe with multiple movies. The next one being the Bumblebee spinoff movie, so... Spoiler alert, he ain't dying in this one. No matter how bad he looks beaten by Optimus. No, and they're also like, we gotta save Optimus. We know he's, we, we know. We're not stupid. Well, Peter Cullen's gonna keep doing that guy forever. But, um, looks good. Alright, next, going the TV route. Uh, The Mist is going to um, Spike TV, which I didn't even know makes TV shows because I don't have cable. Um, but they're going to TV show based off the Stephen King story, The Mist. I have not read the story, but I have watched the Frank Darabont movie on multiple occasions, and it's brilliant. The show... Well, what did you think of the trailer? It was intriguing. I watched the show. I love Stephen King. I like that movie. I watched the first episode. It's creepy. I, I thought it looked stupid. Yeah. I, I just was like, because of like the fact that there's creatures in the mist, yeah. and this seemed to be more psychological, I was like, do I care that it's making people seem like like it could be real, or is it not real? Like, just make it fucking real. It's the mist. There's creatures. I know, but... Attack them. I know, but the creatures at first also were just kind of like, eh, you don't know if they're really there, you don't really... And then all of a sudden, it just starts happening. It takes about ten minutes of it's not movie, knowing. It's a movie, though. I don't know. I'm just saying, like... On the grand scale. But, it wasn't, but think about how many horror movies you see normally. Mm. Like a Godzilla, a Jaws, whatever, where it's hidden. And it's built up. And you would just see, like, a person get taken. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't see anything. In The Mist, it was like, no, no, no. <laughs> Something gets taken, and then two minutes later, oh, it was this giant fucking creature, like, bird creature. Like, they didn't shy away from scaring you. Well, then... then I'm maybe, sorry, that's, Maybe I have a little, little, more, little more hope for this, this show, then. Because they're not going to show everything in that trailer. They're not going to show everything in the trailer, and like who knows how they're going to do it as a TV show. I know. So. Yeah, exactly. Especially since the... Uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um... In other news, Valiant, uh, Valiant Comics, Valiant Entertainment, is doing their Valiant Summer, uh, Summit Sorry, mm-hmm. on Monday the 17th. It's going to be live streaming at 2 p.m., so check out Valiant um, to kind of learn. 2 p.m., sorry, Eastern Time. Check out Valiant uh, website to kind of learn, like, you know, what, uh, probably that website, you know, to uh, stream it. But they are teasing a lot of big news. 
Um, I knew a no a new blah, I know a new Bloodshot comic is coming out. I think it's a one shot though, where it's like Bloodshot's day off. I think is what it is. Whatever it is, they keep selling out. So yeah, Bloodshot right. Reborn Zero sold out. Yep, that was a good comic. Yeah, I mean EXO came out, killed it. We have the new brothers, the three brothers, which also takes place in isn't that in King Arthur times as well? Yeah, yeah with uh, Knight. Yeah, Ivar the Time Walker, the Eternal Warrior, and uh, Armstrong. Armstrong. So, anyway, Valiant has been killing it. We've said it on so many occasions that 2017, going into 2018, will be the years of Valiant. You heard it here first. And, yes, (laughs) the summit should really be something exciting. I know that they've got the TV show. Maybe they'll show a new trailer, which I'm really hoping for. I know that Jason David Frank, as Bloodshot, has been um, on set doing more things. He's been teasing that. So I'm thinking, like, we might learn some of the other actors. Well, no, we do know most of the actors. No, we don't. We don't know who's playing, like, Armstrong. Like, we saw them, but, like, I don't know, just, like, a new trailer. It would also be cool if they officially say, like, we know that, like, that Eric Hessier guy who wrote Arrival is doing the Bloodshot movie, but, like... Uh, who's directing it? We know that like they're going to be doing Quantum and Woody. And we know like the Russos are producing it. Like who's going to be doing like Harbinger? You know what I mean? So there's a lot of different avenues that Valiant can do, and like they have five like movies in the work, and we're only learning about two. So what else is coming out? That's what I'm really excited about. Yeah, I mean it's it's the time to announce it. It's been a it's it, it's been a while since it was initiated. Um, I you know once they announced the whole Bat in the Sun thing, I just kind of felt like the Sony, the Sony movie deal was just kind of put to the side. But you can't you can't look at it that way either. But movie deals take a lot longer than yeah. like independently yeah. funding a TV show like 150 million dollars versus fuck, dude. I don't know a million. I mean, really, mm-hmm. like for an for an episode, probably not even. Probably like a hundred thousand. So it's just like it's so different. What's amazing about the the Bat in the Sun thing though is that it introduces, you know, say a new viewer to all of the it's like Deadpool kills the Marvel universe. Yeah. It's just like boom boom yeah. boom. When I watched that trailer the first time, I didn't even I was shocked how many how many of those characters were in the show. I didn't even really expect that. That's the thing, it's like Archer and Armstrong, Rye, well, everybody, I think. I mean, I think, like, a bunch of different people are mm-hmm. going to be there. De- not just ninja characters. I mean, like, we don't know. Shadow Man, he's showing up. Like, are we going to be getting Ivar? Are we going to get, like, we got to get Eric, the Eternal Warrior. We've got to get Exo. Well, we did see Exo, but, like, it's going to be crazy. So, yet again, read your Valiant Kids. Learn these characters' names because if you're not buying them in the comic book shops... Like, now you're going to be left behind when this bubble starts Not even, don't, don't think about being left behind. I mean... Well, no, you can always get your Collecting-wise, yes. I mean, you can still find back issues. It's yeah. getting harder, though. But, I mean, Valiant is also, you know, as we've always said, a very easy... To jump, jump on. Into. Yeah, they do. So don't... don't Sorry. Feel into, don't, don't feel intimidated. I'm not scaring you. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. Uh... Jude Law has been announced as the young Dumbledore in the upcoming sequel to Fantastic Breast and Where to Find Them. 
that's my where, where do I find that's my <laughs> that's my movie that I I've been paying to get financed. <laughs> but anyway, um, is it a low budget pictures? Yeah, pretty pretty much. Uh, what'd you think of that news? You know, I I really I really loved that movie. I I put it off and put it off. I didn't see it in theaters, and I watched it, and I I was I loved it. And um, you know what? I just I can't wait for the next one. So I mean, I love Jude Law as an actor. Um, I mean, they talked about Dumbledore in the movie. They talked about Hogwarts a lot. So it'll be a good thing to kind of bring in these these characters before the whole Harry Potter times, and we can see who they were and how they related to the to the world at that point. Um, I like the time setting it's, you know, it's in and, um, it's, it's, it's really fun because it, it is different than the Harry Potter movies completely. Uh, it has, it has a different feel. It still has the same, you know, it's still humorous and magical and, uh, but it's, it's a little more, it's a little, it's a nice departure from like the whole school thing in my opinion. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm happy to see an actor like that um come onto the series. I mean the big twist at the end I was like, "What?" Like I don't ruin it, but I thought that was really fucking cool. You know what's funny about that is that I knew that that he was supposed to be in the movie. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I didn't that. realize that he uh I, I had heard that he was in the movie. I didn't pay attention, yeah. But I didn't realize that he was in that movie. Mm. So I was just at the end my, my wife was like, is that? I was like, yep. Yeah, it was awesome. <clears throat> so, my only thing is this, is like, like Gandalf, I and even Yoda in a bit, hmm. I assume that most of these guys are old forever, and to see them as a younger, like, I feel like an older actor would have been the better choice for me to play Dumbledore. I think it's like a 70-year time difference, because it's the 20s versus like the... 2000s makeup no i know but like how 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 much older will they make him i mean ian mcdermott obviously was super old to become the emperor so they can do it we have the makeup nowadays to make people look like anybody i've just or how does magic sustain your life how do you possibly yeah maybe something happens and ages him but like i just he's just one of like gandalf you just assume that he's been a thousand or whatever forever and, like, that's just the way that he's always looked. So, that's all. You know, I just, you know, Dumbledore is Gandalf in so many ways that you just kind of, you know, have that Probably in your head, yeah. Um, Fede Alvarez, the director of the Evil Dead remake and the recently acclaimed Don't Breathe. I still have to watch that. Oh, my God, yes. We should watch that later. Oh, we're going to go to bed soon. Um, but No, we don't. I'm not going to be watching... Eh, maybe we'll watch it. It was great. Let's watch it. Um, he, anyways, Fetty Alvarez is attached to direct the Labyrinth sequel. What do you think? We were just talking about... Well, not Labyrinth, I guess we were talking about Dark, Dark Crystal, Crystal, but still, Jim Henson and all that fun stuff. I, 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 I really don't know what to think about this. I, uh... Well... First of all, I don't know if I should use the word sequel, because most likely it 
unless they say it's Jennifer Connelly's daughter. No, I don't even think they'll do that. I don't think they'll do a remake. But there's a whole world before hmm. she comes to Labyrinth. Who knows what the fuck was going on with Jareth? Uh, they don't even have to necessarily even have Jareth. It's just a, it's a weird world. You know what I mean? Like we don't know anything about it. Yeah, you're right. And if you look at it that way, I think that expanding the mythos of mm-hmm. uh, the Labyrinth world would be interesting these days. But here's the thing. When you look at those old movies and the nostalgia and the puppet work and all that. like What, babe? <laughs> Singing the song. Yeah. And you remind then, me of the babe. Yeah. Babe. And then, but um, if you want to sing, you know, right? <laughs> we'll take the next five minutes. Uh but I mean, it's. Can you recreate that? With no. These days you can't. Can't. Because they won't use fucking puppets. No. Unless they go really ballsy, they'll use, uh, you know, CGI. I will say that Fetty Alvarez, I will watch anything that that man does. So I am excited to see what he could bring to the series. But it's just. Who knows? You know what I mean? How are they going to do it? He's been directing rated R movies. Like, are they going to go dark? Is he going to just do PG 13 for the sake of doing PG 13? I don't know. But, uh. I mean, it's like seeing Guillermo del Toro, though. It's the same thing, you know. But then Guillermo del Toro, yeah, he'll do like Troll Hunters, which is awesome. Like, he, he's. You know, he has like the book of love. Like, he kind of touches all things because he loves. He just loves weird things. He can exist on both levels, though. Right. So, I don't know, but we shall see. Um, the last bit of news before we jump to the break. The Nintendo Classic that nobody has got their hands on. Maybe one of our listeners, but most people don't. Um, Nintendo and want to. And want to. Nintendo decided to not make them anymore. They're done. In the stupidest bit of news that I've read in a very long time. Breaking news, Nintendo decides to piss off fans again. It's like, we're fans. We want to give you money for a product that you decide to make. Mm-hmm. So just keep making it until we stop paying you for it's it. It's like, hey. <laughs> like, that's it. Hey, Nintendo. This is business. Let's keep putting out consoles but not make Metroid games. That is also something that pisses me off. You know? Finally, we're getting a Mario game. But, yeah, like, why the fuck is there not a new Metroid? Uh, yeah, that's weird. Why is there a new Castlevania? I don't know. But, uh, you know, the Nintendo Classic, it's been sold out since it came out. I mean, you can't get it. And if you t- can get it, it's wildly marked up. If I saw one in the store, I would buy one. Out of just, like, pure, like... Nostalgia. That's I would, it. I would just, like, I, I would go and I'd be like, oh, shit, yeah, I gotta have this. Yep. 75 bucks? It's, yep. That's worth it. You can, you can jump up the price because people have been paying for it. To $100 if that makes you feel better. If you wanted more money, if you go, oh man, that was stupid, why did we charge less? You know, the only thing I can think of is that they're going to put it out, but with like more games. But still, stupid to kind of do it the way that they're doing it. I I would have said, hey, listen, thanks for all your support. What we're gonna do is give you another one. With different colors. Like, weird shit like that that people are into. Like, here's a red one. Here's a black one. You know what I mean? Like, they love doing that kind of stuff. But they ha- they've done it in a really bad way right now, so... I also feel oh. that with the Switch being released, and the fact that you can get virtual console on these machines that 
A, they may feel that this console will pull sales away from the Switch if that people are just like, oh, I can just buy nostalgic Nintendo games this way, then fine. Instead of forcing people to buy the Switch in order to play the virtual console. Counterpoint, the mm-hmm. Switch is already sold at this point almost a million units. Right. So, no. You know what I mean? Like, I understand where you're coming from. And yeah, yeah. It's not like, it's just, like, it's still selling. Right. It's, as many memes have pointed out, the Breath of the Wild is the most expensive game ever made. It costs $200 to buy it. Or $269 to buy it. Because that's literally the only game that's worth playing on it. But it's already sold almost a million copies. And with and Breath of the Wild on its own, with the Wii U, probably has sold more than a million copies. Just let me know when I can emulate it on my... Uh... My gaming laptop. My gosh. You can already. People have done it. I'm doing it though. Um, so that's it. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back. And we... Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Casey from Gourmet Scum Radio. We're true cousins talking about geeky pop culture stuff. You a fan of television, music, and movies of the 80s? <laughs> well, we are too. Do you like being transported to galaxies far, far away and the threat of troglodytes that go boom in the night? Well, we're going to geek out about it. Have you ever scared yourself listening to ska music while reading a comic book and sipping on a tasty Jones soda? Then this is the podcast for you! Gourmet Scum Radio is here to tickle your holes and make you believe in dynamite explosions right second. Make sure to check us out on Stitcher and iTunes. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter and check out our website at don'tforgetatowel.com. You won't regret it! There the bugger is. She's a big one, ain't she? Oi! Over 20 points of articulation, great sculpting, and look at the paint job on her. We've been looking all over for this one. Let's get them in our sights and end this hunt now. All right. All right. Steady. Steady now. Uh, Got him! It's the pursuit of plastic. Listen to the podcast from the creators of Don'tForgetAtowl.com, geek out about toy news, hunting, and histories on your favorite collectibles. All right, we are back. Let's get into a little bit of the Star Wars. Uh, (laughs) All right. (laughs) And uh, first things first, we got a tease of the uh, Battlefront 2 video game. Uh, told from the perspective of an imper- a female Imperial soldier. What did you think about this trailer? At first I wasn't going to buy this game. <laughs> and the second time I thought about it, I still wasn't going to buy this game. And then this trailer came out. And I'm probably going to buy this game. What about this trailer made you want to buy this game? Knowing full well that all we saw was a cinematic single player campaign it's all I want yeah I do it's enough to it's enough for me to spend 60 bucks 
on an amazing looking Star Wars game. Because listen, Battlefront looks fucking epic. I don't. I'm not a big fan of first person shooters, but I love Battlefront because it's a beautifully made game. Yeah. Um, I, I I enjoyed going in and playing it once in a while, but I, I just couldn't get into it because there was no single player. And like a single player campaign is enough for me to buy a game when it takes place in a world like this. Uh, especially when it looks to be spanning all three generations of the movies. So, I mean, it's it's pretty exciting. Uh, this time. Yoda versus Darth <laughs> Tauntaun battle. Tauntaun's running between the legs of chicken walkers. I mean, it's like mounts. I mean, yeah. that's insane right there. Um, yeah. So, uh, this time around, I think they'll do the fans right. Uh, so... And that's it. I'm a little jaded. I spent 150 bucks on the first game, and I just didn't really get out of it what I wanted to. It's my own fault. I know. I'm sorry. I'm a Star Wars <laughs> nut. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's, there was... I actually paid nothing for the game. You did. That's right. That's right. Uh, that's another story for another time. But, yeah, I... You know, just the fact that, A, you get a single player also... I really like that it's told from the perspective of the bad guy. Maybe there's going to be another video later on from the perspective of um, a rebel. And whatever. I don't care. It's just, it's cool. And uh, also on the Battlefront news thing, we're going to get a full trailer tomorrow or Saturday. Sometime in the next couple of days. I think it's Saturday or Sunday. I, yeah, you're right. So... Yeah, actually, you're right. I think it's Saturday. I know there's a lot of good panels on Saturday that, of course, I'm missing. But, yeah, so on the 15th, expect a Battlefront 2 trailer. Um, full trailer. So, next, not announced at Celebration. In fact, just kind of it seemed like it showed up on social media. <laughs> the Forces of Destiny, um, a new TV cartoon and toy line um they're going to be two to three minutes in lengths um featuring the original voice or i guess actresses uh daisy ridley lapita luongo felicity jones um they'll be reprising their roles uh also it seems like dave filoni uh is going to be executive producing it um coming out this summer we got to actually stop by the hasbro booth today and we saw the figures up close. Um, they're definitely a mix of... You know what they look like? So they, they look like dolls. And they really look like that new line of DC superhero, the female ones. The all-female ones. That's really what they reminded me of more than anything. It was like, oh, DC's got this successful all-female show, and cartoon, and doll line series. Why don't we do do that with Star Wars. Not to say that there's anything wrong with that, but, you know, I'm all about more female-empowered suit or heroes in general. I'm, I'm fully supportive of that. I love to see, like, these little girls run around the convention in, like, their Ray outfits and their Sabine outfits, and I, I think it's, it's really fantastic because for the longest time, it was Ridley and Princess Leia as, like, strong female characters. And then, you know, eventually we got Sarah Connor and stuff like that, but... Not the same. So, to that, you know, degree, I'm fully supportive of it, but it's still kind of like a response to what DC's been doing, in my opinion. 
And I think it's a good response because if you look at what DC is doing, they are really hitting on all the different levels. They are, of, yeah, um, of fandom. Uh, so this first thing I thought about was you know Team America World Police when I saw these. What the figures physically look like? Creepy ass Marionette <laughs> looking figures, uh, and that Chewbacca. I mean, he looks like Grizz Grizzler from Master of the Universe movie, but uh, he looks weird, Luke. Is like so white, he's almost a fucking ghost. I mean, he looks you like live a, on a desert planet, wouldn't you have a tan? He looks like an Aryan paper boy. Ooh. And then you got Sabine, who's like half Egyptian or some shit. Like, I don't know what race they put her in. She's like, you know, in Blood Diamond, when like Leonardo DiCaprio has like 18 different accents and you don't know what the fuck he is. She's that in a doll form. That's my impression of Sabine. Nonetheless, the uh, <laughs> the animated shorts look actually pretty Yeah, they do look good. And Especially with Filoni behind it, I'll watch it. To harken back to your comment about <laughs> strong women's types. Uh, I mean, we are reminded today of with, you know the whole Carrie Fisher tribute and everything. That, oh my god. You know, it's, it's, it's such an important thing that... Uh, that George Lucas created this strong woman stereotype in his movies, and it, it really it it held true for so many decades, and, and gave yeah. gave women a great role model. Uh, that you know, and still, the Star Wars universe continues to do that with characters like Hera and Sabine and Doctor Aphra, and uh, you know, I it's great. I, I just I think it's it's a great idea, and you know. If it's working for DC, if it works for Star Wars, awesome. Um, go yeah. for it. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm excited to see the show. The figures, you can check them out online or eventually, and don't forget a towel. But the... the um, Definitely not Hot Toys. Phew. All right. Speaking to Dave Filoni a little bit. Him and Pablo Hidalgo. Uh, Hidalgo. <laughs> Jesus. Today. Uh, they had a panel that was, um, what is it called, like Unexpected Origins and Mysterious Animation or <laughs> something like that. It has something to do with Fates. Origins and Fates. No, you made that up. No. Mine it sounds way better. <laughs> Yours sounds very confusing. Uh, well, <laughs> anyway, it was about basically the, the way that the characters came about um, in the Clone Wars and in Rebels. Um, a lot of storyboards, a lot of stories just in general from those two, you know, how Ahsoka was created, uh, how George Lucas had came into the room one day and said, Hey, we're bringing Darth Maul back. And Dave Filoni was like, okay, wait, what? <laughs> like, how? I don't know. Figure it out. So, you know, and, and honestly... We were having a discussion about it, not today, but I was having a discussion about it uh, with River, my uh, my 10-year-old cousin, and he was talking about how shitty George Lucas made the prequels from his 10-year-old mind, and I, and then, like, you know, my cousin's wife was kind of touching upon it a little bit, too, and I was like, you know what, though, I know that George Lucas gets a lot of flack. In the prequels, sometimes deservedly, most times deservedly so. Yeah. But George Lucas is a revolutionary. We would not hear 
movies the way that we do. We would not see movies the way that we do. We would not have CGI the way we do or Pixar or like, I mean, there's so many things that he changed the very landscape of cinema in a way that. Watch the credits of every movie. THX, Skywalker Sound. Right. I mean, ILM. You know what I mean? So, like, this guy is a pioneer to a degree that most people will never even come close to. So, George Lucas deserves the respect that, I mean, we go to a convention 60,000 strong because of a movie series that this man created. He deserves all the accolades in the world because of it. Yeah, he might have had some missteps. I really don't give a shit. I can forget it because he did so many other amazing things. And Star Wars to this day, I mean, we're talking about it. We talk about it every podcast. We drove to Florida for it. We drove to Florida for it from upstate New York. So all that being said, he had a heavy hand in the creation and the direction of how the Clone Wars was presented. And he worked a lot with Dave Filoni. The two of them together was like a father and son, you know, best friend sort of situation up on stage. And it was cool to hear like George's input um, on certain things like, you know, let's bring Darth Maul back. Uh, You can touch upon the Boba Fett thing because, you know, he even had a little input into that, which changed the way that we view the character, right? Yeah, I mean, we got that awesome uh, little reveal at the end of the panel. Uh, I always felt kind of like the Boba Fett story was never wrapped up. The Cat story was never wrapped up. I mean, Clone Wars ended prematurely at least two to three seasons before it should have. Think uh, so? That's a long time. I don't know, man. There's, One season. They say they had like three more seasons to tell. Jesus. I don't, right. I don't, I mean. I'm not complaining. I really this, don't it, like that show. I mean, when, when the, the, the Gendy um, ones lead right into episode three, we never even got that. Oh, the, yeah. The Battle of Mandalore. Right. Um, Dark Disciple. Right. Uh, I mean, yes, um, yes. There's of a lot of stuff. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff, yes. Uh, so, the we got to see that uh, they actually recorded the voices and did a little basic animation of uh, this showdown between Boba Fett and um, Cad Bane, which is very Western stylized. Uh, very. It's, it's exactly. Uh, it's just amazing. a Western showdown. It is. It's like hands on the guns and, and like... The shots between the, the eyes, yeah, this duel, yeah. And we learn that actually Cad Bane caused that that uh, carbon scoring on Boba Fett's helmet uh, that we, is so uh, predominantly shown. Uh, you know, every time you look at the characters. So, and George Lucas's input was to show it smoldering and fiery. You know, to kind of really oomph that and put a good backstory to, you know, something that's so iconic on that character that we all kind of were like, whatever, you know, what what did happen to that? Why why did that show up there? And didn't really think about it too much, but, you know, George put his little flair on there and it was a cool little piece of uh, history that we learned from Filoni and Hidalgo today. It was, it was pretty neat. Plus we got to see, you know, Boba Fett and his whole... His whole get, oh yeah, it was his whole, whole Mandalorian, Mandalorian armor, and um, so I, I really, there's times that I really wish they would go back and, and make some of these episodes and just kind of clean it up in one more season. Uh, so it would be great, but you know, 
these little snippets that we get in uh, celebration and different things like that maybe it, make it even better. So, yeah, it's fun. It's it's uh, the animated world. As much as we want to pick on you know Rebels, it's not as clean cut or organized as uh, the Clone Wars, or as much as we want it to be. But at the same time, these guys are doing an amazing job with like creating mythos for the Star Wars universe and. I, I'm looking forward to what comes next, you know, once once Rebels is over. Yeah. Um, we also got a little nugget um, with... They showed Rex in his Return of the Jedi outfit, which we heard last year, earlier... Yeah, last year, that Dave Filoni did confirm that we do see Rex in Return of the Jedi um, on Endor, and he was in that outfit... I don't know how, I don't know why, I don't know what the episode's going to be about. Um, we, Chris and I plan on attending the Rebels panel, um, so stay tuned maybe for some <laughs> some uh, news on that. But it was it was pretty interesting to kind of see that. And, you know, uh, Rex is a fan favorite, so it was pretty cool. Yeah, I, just, just even like weave that into Star Wars mythos is amazing. It's, yeah. it's so funny <laughs> to think about it. Like that bearded guy you always see in the like on the Endor battle all of a sudden like, oh, now you look at it totally differently. Yep. Because you know now it's amazing. <clears throat> God knows how long those clones stay alive. <laughs> um, I did want to touch upon this real quick. If you're listening to this episode and you're expecting to hear some news come out of Celebration, I have a feeling you're not going to. Um, Disney also has uh, their own convention, D23, uh, coming out this year in July, I believe, a week before uh, San Diego Comic-Con. I think we're going to get any major announcements there. Um, everybody was really expecting something to come out of the 40th panel and we're going to end the show on that. Everybody was kind of hoping maybe something would come out of this panel that we just talked about, the Filoni Hidalgo panel, that maybe Filoni would have announced, uh, that he was going to direct a Boba Fett in the, in the, um, Bounty Hunter solo film or something. You know Jedi, what I mean? Jedi Academy animated film. <laughs> or just a new animated film. Like, and maybe we'll still hear that. Maybe he'll still talk about it at the Rebels panel that yeah. season four is the last season and they're Hopefully. still planning on doing other things. But, you know, maybe Forces of Destiny is the next only thing. I don't know. I think that would be crazy stupid. But it's shorts, though. It is shorts. I wanted, I wanted to hear, and maybe not Filoni is the person to deliver it, but I really want to hear the announcement of a live-action Star Wars show. But right now... The vibe that we're getting is that we're not going to get any news. Um, the next big panel is the last Jedi panel tomorrow morning for us. Um, it begs to be talked. You, you know, it's, it's probably just going to be about that movie. Absolutely. Because they're not going to go and say, hey, there's also going to be an Obi-Wan movie because it would take away from The Last Jedi. You know, so like there's... There's really not another time that they could do it, and I just don't see it happening. So, just as a heads up, if you were expecting some news news, you know, I don't think we're going to get it. No. I think 
what this is about. This is about forty years of Star Wars. This is about celebrating. This is about celebrating. I mean, that's really forty it. years. I yeah. Mean, we you know we can we can really kind of just sit here and 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 just say like this is our generation. Like we grew up in this. All of us. You know, it's like forty years is. We're near our forties, and this has been our life. It's been our fandom. So, yeah, this is really. I, if I came out of this show without any news, I'd be okay. I'd be okay. Yeah, I'd be okay. We so, her news all the time. I just, you know, sitting like that fortieth anniversary kind of what we're about to talk about. I wish that we could have, we would have stayed overnight for it, and uh, that's that's the that's the kind of thing that we should have thought more about going into the show but well let's get let's get into it right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so you know we we got to see um it, you know warwick davis who i got to meet the other day um at disney actually he was there with his family he had a couple pictures and he was like kind of getting on his way like well let me catch back up with my family and we just said hey you know, we're, you're not going to be signing at Celebration. And he's like, no, i got to be moderating. We're like, can we get a picture with you? And he's like, yeah, totally. Super cool about it. Um, you know, it was a great picture. <laughs> so <laughs> I was very happy. Uh, so, you know, he moderated the panel. And, I mean, he brought out, let's, he brought out uh, Peter Mayhew, Billy D. Williams, Anthony Daniels. Ian McDermott and Hayden Christensen together, which was a big one. Hayden hasn't done one since Celebration 3 in 2005. So that was really when fun. we cool. were there. Yep. <laughs> uh, oh, George Lucas. Yeah. Which that's... George Lucas and Kathleen Kennedy started it off, and George Lucas stayed the entire time, which is awesome because everyone just kind of played off their stories about their experience with Star Wars with the creator and director there with them. The maker. The Maka, yeah, it was that was awesome, and then um, Harrison Ford came out, oh. which he's never done one of these before, and it was fucking epic. He was so like, he was so grateful, you know. I mean, he was just so happy to be there, and then um, you know, Mark Hamill came out as well, and he was of course fantastic and funny as he always is, and then they did. A Carrie Fisher uh, tribute, which you should check out online. Yeah. Uh, her daughter came out. Um, Billy Lord uh, had really awesome things to say. It made everybody cry. Yeah, I'm stop. still kind of getting choked up about it. Um, that video was beautiful. Like that video, you just go watch it as soon as you can. It's it's such it's humorous and it's it's it, Carrie Fisher. It's tragic. You know it's. It is. Like, Carrie Fisher never wanted people to take things too seriously. And that's like, you go like from high to low throughout that whole panel, like, when you think about it. Because it's, it is sad. It's like she didn't, she didn't get to complete the trilogy, you know, the saga. And, but at the same time, she will, because I guess they're saying that they're going to use her in episode nine as well, these, these scenes. Episode nine uh, yeah, scenes. Yeah, they announced that that they're going to be using shot scenes to bring her into episode nine, so that she's in all all three of these movies. Really, I didn't read that. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah. So I, you know what? It's, it's, that, it's yeah. Great. It was it was it, beautiful. It was beautiful. Um, 
you know, the footage they used, the music they used, it was fantastic. And continuing on about the music, they so Billy Lord walks off stage and it goes black. Yep, screen goes dark. The right hand side of the stage opens up a curtain to reveal John Williams with a full Orlando <sighs> Philharmonic Orchestra. They performed Leia's theme, Han and Leia's theme, the, the Star Wars theme. Star Wars theme, Imperial March. That was it. Yeah. They and, closed with Imperial Yeah, they closed with Imperial uh, You know, you think that they would have played the Jedi thing, whatever. I didn't care. But I was... No, they didn't close with Imperial March. They, they closed with the Celebration music. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, the Celebration music was just playing in the background. No. No? No, they played it. The music at the end of... Episode 4. That music. They played that. The fanfare? Not the fanfare, just like the... You know the one. You do know the one! I know the one. (laughs) That music! But I thought that was just the background. No! They were were playing as people were leaving? No, they were just... They played it! Oh, I don't know. So, anyway. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I fucking dreamed it. But because the whole I, thing was a blur. As soon as John Williams came out. I'm pretty sure they closed in the Imperial March. Because that was... Yeah, whatever. Happened. Whatever. It, it was fucking matter. amazing. Fucking John Williams. Yeah, John Williams was there. They played this music. No one was expecting it. Everybody was like, what the fuck? Crying. Tears of joy. It was punching amazing. Them, punching their neighbors. Really. <laughs> Probably hugging them. Yeah, oh yeah. Hugs. Jerking them off. It was, it was wild. <laughs> it was a scene. But, um, yeah, 40th anniversary panel was really, really just amazing. They did a really good job. I was really happy that they gave a lot of love to George Lucas. Mm-hmm. Oh, Filoni, he, did, he came out for that panel, too. Yes, Sorry, he was the first Filoni was there, yep. So... Which is great. And I actually like that they're, they keep... I mean, Filoni's a huge fucking part. I mean, he also he did also talk about... Sorry, just jumping back a little bit. He talked Absolutely. about Chopper being part of Rogue One, too. And, like, just how cool that was. And, like... All those things. All those things. The, the Ghost. The uh, Yep, the Hammerhead Corvettes. Um, so, like, you know what I mean? Like, he is a huge part of, like, that storytelling group. And how they're trying to keep everything within canon and on the same timeline. And... It was, I mean, the the full panel of of celebrate of the 40th anniversary was just, it was a loving tribute to the saga films that we've all appreciated throughout the years, and they really gave all of us fans more than we could ever hope for out of that panel. So, um, kudos to them. Check out the Carrie Fisher tribute celebration. Has been day one. <laughs> Amazing. Stay tuned for more, uh, you know, more overall coverage of it uh, in the next couple days. But yeah, you get to hear the uh, the Seavages recount of uh, the episode eight panel tomorrow. The last yeah, he's Jedi. staying in uh, he's staying in line um, overnight tonight, so he should have fun <laughs> if he's still alive to do a podcast tomorrow we'll get him out he will here. he'll get a nap in. He, he will he'll um be, he'll be fueled by the force any last thoughts you want to give i don't i mean amazing day one 
Uh, so I'm ready for tomorrow. Get some sleep and uh, get back to the show. Exactly. So thank you guys for tuning in again. As always. Check us out on Facebook and social media under DFatTowel if you're on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, if you want to listen to us, take a listen to us on Android devices and Stitcher. If you're on iTunes, um, you can find us there. Rate and review us. Give us five stars. Maybe, hopefully, share it with your friends. And, um, you know, stay tuned to DontForgetTowel.com for all things geekly. Yeah. Awesome stuff. May the force be with you. And also with you.